Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio Ah, uh, yeah, it's pre-roll time. The Cheers to Comics podcast is a proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing Solutions, and the Inked Marketing Solutions crowd-funded comic for this here episode is Enmity. Enmity. Um, on Kickstarter. On Kickstarter. So, Enmity. Let me tell you a little bit about Enmity. It's just a fun word to say, Enmity. E-N-M-I-T-Y. Enmity. Uh, to save humanity... Daisy, Lucifer's estranged daughter, and sold. That's 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 it. That's oh, you want me to keep going? Uh, must battle fallen angels in a post-apocalyptic world brought about by her father's <laughs> Lucifer r- uh, recent unwillingness to fulfill his role as the devil. Enmity is a post-apocalyptic comic set against a supernatural backdrop set in the near future in an alternate but very familiar reality. If you're a fan of irreverent humor, apocalyptic and dystopian storytelling, and a strong female lead, you'll love Enmity. And um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty sold. Not gonna lie, I'm pretty sold already. So go to Kickstarter, search Enmity, E-N-M-I-T-Y, and uh, back this book now while there's still time. Ooh, and it's coming out of Australia too. I'll get you a get you an Aussie book, I tell ya. I don't know what that accent was. Um, <laughs> all right. As always, proudly brought to me to bring to you by Inked Marketing Solutions. Podcast recommendations, you ask? Brian Wayne here, co-curator of The Apocalypse, And I know that sounds gnarly. That's because it is gnarly, man. The Apocalypse. What is The Apocalypse? The Apocalypse is a culmination of the gnarliest podcast, independent podcast the internet has to offer. So instead of trying to go to Twitter the next time you uh, need a new podcast to listen to and try to get Twitter famous, podcast recommendations, please. Just think The Apocalypse, man. And it's ironic because The Apocalypse is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Just go to podchaser.com. It's it's in the top list. The top list in the whole world. So whether you're looking for true crime, sports, uh, role-playing, uh, I don't know, anything, anything. Think of a podcast. It's on the Apocalypse. It's like the Apocalypse with a D. Hmm. And do not forget to follow the Apocalypse on Twitter as well. Once again, that is the Apocalypse. If you're looking for a podcast recommendation, the Apocalypse is sure to have something for you. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I am Brian Wayne, and this is episode 319. The 319th episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be a creator corner. And the creator that I have cornered for you is <laughs> this man right here. He's, uh, he, he's done some Marvel stuff. He's done some Hulu stuff. He's done some MODOK stuff. Um, Jordan Blum, Blum. Sorry, I, I can never say his. I know what his name is, but I can never say it right the first time. I go straight to Blum. I know it's Blum. Uh, Jordan Blum. He uh, co-wrote along with Patton Oswalt, uh, Modoc Head Games, one of my favorite mini series of all time, and I mean that. Uh, one of my favorite Marvel series of all time. Uh, it, it, it made Modoc. I mean, I don't know. I mean, and made people remember how badass Modoc is. Um, yeah, and uh, I, uh, I've, you know, since since we've talked, the the Hulu, 
series has come out. I've been enjoying the hell out of that. Oh, I laughed my ass off. It's a completely different version of Modoc, though. Completely different version. Um, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, still, it's, it, it, it's all it's fun shit, man. Modoc is a lot of things. That's the beautiful thing about Modoc. He's a lot of stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I so enjoy talking with Jordan uh, about comics and Modoc. And, oh, man, we talk so much goddamn Modoc. If you're not a Modoc fan, uh, you are either going to hate this podcast or you're going to be turned into one. Um, we'll find out. Uh, without any more stalling, I bring to you the uh, the incredible time I had with Jordan Blum. All right, Jordan Blum, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent, man, and I I I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, I'm as uh, more than anything as a Modoc fan. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am a, a real Modoc fan. I got my, my little dude right here that I, <laughs> I, I always on the desk, man. So when finally Modoc gets some love, uh, and then I see the creative team behind it, uh, I'm, I'm pumped. And I know that, you know, it's so much more than just a comic that you're working on with this character. You know, you got this, uh, incredibly exciting Netflix series and everything. So Hulu, I, I'll correct you. Or, sorry. I'm sorry. Hulu. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Hulu. hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh yeah i'm 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 pumped for stop we're gonna talk all about this we are but first you know uh, i i have to i have to kind of dive into your brain a little bit and i gotta know your your origin story man just like every comic creator everything out there's an origin story to it so at what point did comics really just kind of you know bless your life day one i think Uh, my uh my dad is a is an immigrant and he um he learned english through comics so it was really important for him and and i had one given to me when i was like in a high chair i think there's a picture of me like with like a mark grunewald captain america uh just you know i couldn't even talk but i had one in front of me so they've always been there and um i took to them right away i remember my mom saying like the first time i ever went to a library i just beelined it they had a bunch of like uh you know jack kirby superpowers comics there Mm -hmm. and and uh it's just, it's been as long as I can remember. So, um, you know, I, I think a lot of it had to do with growing up in the eighties and you had like the secret wars toys and the, the superpowers toys. And it was all one and the same. I loved the characters. I would take them any way I could get, but you know, I would go to the pharmacy and, and, you know, once a week with my mom and, and pick out comics. And then as I got older, started going to the stores and getting pull boxes. And, um, you know, I think, I was like any other kid kind of started with Captain America and, and Superman. And then that kind of leads to, to Batman and, and a bunch of other characters. And uh, eventually X-Men really was kind of the, the thing that cemented it for me. I'd say okay. late eighties Claremont stuff. The first one I can remember is maybe a uh, evolutionary war annual and that art Adams art. That was just like it. And I, I remember being obsessed with the X babies and, and wanting to know, everything and i think that's the fun of x-men is it's so complicated partly mm-hmm. because claremont wrote it for 17 years so it's this very tangled you know uh continuity and i was like i want to know all of it and i remember buying like x-men classic or classic x-men i think it was at the time and they had that a reprint of that issue uh right after dark phoenix um where cyclops is kind of going through the entire history of the x-men uh mm-hmm. from like the silver age forward and it would just like I loved how, how deep the history went. So I started buying back issues. I remember saving up, you know, four weeks of allowance to go buy X factor number one, cause it was on the wall <laughs> and I wanted to have a number one and filling in that run, the, the Louise Simonson stuff. And, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was reading everything though. Um, you know, like I said, I was reading a ton of DC and you know, I remember justice league international was a really big book for me. Okay. and flash and um hulk and spider-man I, I loved everything but i think x-men was where i got serious about it i remember you know the jim lee stuff just hit at the perfect time mm-hmm. for me and wow. um uh you know the comics the toys the cartoon 
And I was, I, by the time I think executioner song came around, I was buying every X title every, every week. And I have been since it hasn't, it hasn't stopped. That's uh, awesome. Are you still, are you on Hickman's universe now then still? I mean, I enough of it. Oh man. Yeah. I, I'm, I have, I, I, I've bought every single Hickman or every single X title since Hickman's come on board. I have, I mean, an entire long box of this. I mean, the last like year and a half's worth of X-Men stuff. It's, it's so damn good. Uh, it's, it's awesome a, it's, to know that you, you know, from someone that, you know, like yourself that, you know, read way back to Claremont and now you're still reading the Hickman stuff and still, ah, uh, man. Yeah. That's, that's I've been there for the highs and the lows and we're in a high right now. And it's, it's incredible. I think it's the best it's been maybe since Grant Morrison, uh, yeah. as far as just kind of pushing the idea of what mutants are and what the X-Men are and, and, and kind of going into sort of kind of recycling stories we've had before, really pushing the boundaries of what the franchise can be and what these characters are in the Marvel universe and what they mean. Cause I think like a lot of people like the mutant metaphor as flawed as it is, like really brought me in because I grew up in Somers, New York, and it was it's mostly like a Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic, town and i was one of the like only jews at the time who who lived there and uh so i always kind of really identified with feeling kind of like an other and and wanting to find that place where i belong where i fit in i wasn't that athletic uh so i always kind of felt like i was looking for my people you know and i think that's the to me the draw of x-men is this it's a place where everyone belongs and and that idea of kind of found family so even as a young kid, I, I kind of connected with me and, and uh, you know, I've kind of grown to, to love it even more since. That's, uh, that's awesome, man. And there, there is so much to love, too. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, you, you could jump in at any time and you're, you're going to find something about that universe to love. And that's that's what's so amazing. I think it's the same thing now. You know, there's so many different titles out there and there's uh, Hickman has just he, he's he's created such this amazing universe and now like this whole hellfire gallo thing he's doing like it's 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 such a cool idea you know like it's yeah. it, it gives so many creators you know the opportunity to say you know the ones that like yourself that you know were reading it way back in the day and they get a you know they get to play around a little bit and have some fun and create some new designs and you know i don't know i have a feeling some of them are going to stick to be honest there's some pretty slick designs in there so yeah. it's, it's it's just fun times right now man we we were really lucky. I said Jordan White, who's the editor of the X line, uh, was our editor on on Modoc, and uh, so we were able to dip our toe in the sands of of Krakoa and get to do one scene on on Krakoa. We did with Skids uh, and Cyclops. I had Cyclops is my favorite character of in all of fiction, like okay. anywhere in any medium, anything. So I love Cyclops since day one. So um, getting to to give him one line of dialogue in a Modoc comic was definitely like a bucket list dream where it's like I wrote canonical Scott Summers dialogue <laughs> and I, I can die happy now. So that's that awesome. A big one for us. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely play in the Hickman universe too, like the whole Gwenpool uh, issue. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just flat out saying you're probably going to get a chart. I mean, it's, it, it, that's the type of, sh- I mean, this is what I love about Modoc books and uh, get, I mean, have, seeing Gwenpool in a Modoc book like that's that's so perfect I mean just all of the collaborations we had Tony Stark teaming up with Modoc mm-hmm. it's just beautiful stuff like to me Tony Stark is my favorite fictional character in all of medium ever mm-hmm. so to, to see him team up with one of my one of my favorite shitheads of all time it's yeah uh, it, it's a beautiful thing man and it pairs so well it really it, it, uh, it's, it's awesome you. I'll say this it's daunting to write Tony I remember um even back when I was writing the pilot for, for Moda, um, just staring at a, a blinking browser that just says Tony Stark. And then you're mm-hmm. writing a dialogue underneath and you're like, Oh my God, like the weight of that, you know, this is, this is one of the greatest comic characters of all time. And he launched the MCU and, you know, he's, he's become, you know, like he means so much to so many, so many people, like, what are you going to have him say? And of course, it's like the dumbest joke to like kick off our pilot with Modoc. But I mean, it's a funny joke, hopefully. But it was just that funny, that crazy thing of, of the pressure of writing these characters who mean, you know, the world to people. And then, but, you know, luckily I kind of, you know, had his voice down a little more by the time we got to the comic. And to me, that second issue was, was like the most fun to write because you've been wanting to see them play off each other, you know, and team up for years and, and having to work side by side. That was that was a blast. Um, I loved writing Tony. Um, 
is, is incredible. I think you nailed it, man. I, I really do. Because there's so many different ways you can write Tony too. I mean, you know, Tony pre MCU wasn't always, you know, the, the, the snarky quick witted, whatever. I mean, he was kind of like a Reed Richard esque type of, you know, figure. So, I mean, you can go a lot of different ways with them, but I, I love the fact that you, you, you played into his, you know, his funny bone for sure. You know, like that's, I like Tony cracking jokes, man. And I think it'd be a wasted opportunity not to have that side of Tony standing next to Modoc. You know, it's just, it's too perfect. I mean, I, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm going to spoil some stuff here. But like Tony dressing up in a hydro suit to go into. I mean, this is this is why I love comics so much, man. It's stuff like this. It's, I, how do you handle these? Ty- I mean, you said the pressure was I mean, I can imagine the pressure's dense. Like, how? what do you do to, to, to cope with these types of pressures? You know, of you know, writing these major characters that can go in so many different directions. Well, I just try to think of like, what do I want to see as a fan? I know who I'm writing for. I'm the, I'm the one who's there every week, you know, buying these comics. <laughs> so a lot of the ideas for, for Modoc Head Games were kind of out of this, the, the basic concept of, you know, Modoc doesn't, is having these memories that don't make any sense to him. He's trying to figure them out. Um, you know, the, the idea we kind of added that, like every time he's rebooted after he's killed, you know, there can be some glitches and stuff. So for him to figure out what's going on, he's got to kind of travel through his own comic history. So we designed the series that, you know, issue one is is Monica and AIM. Then he's going to go to Tony, which I think is his definitive mm-hmm. nemesis, and team up with him and figure that out. And then he, they go to this supervillain convention and we're touching on the Serpent Society who, who, were, who assassinated him in the 80s and that Mark Greenwald run and, and a bunch of other characters kind of from his past. And then Gwenpool, which is a more kind of recent part of, of Modoc's past where he was a villain in that book and he was maybe a little different there. So we, it was really fun to kind of tour Modoc's history with Modoc and then the stories and who we use were, were kind of organic to that. They kind of popped up and they lent themselves. And a lot of it is, them looking at the character in a new light, you know, Tony feels bad for him, even mm-hmm. though he's, he's been nothing but a thorn in his side and actually tries to help him, even though he's so frustrated with him. And the same thing with Gwen, who always saw him as this, this very arch villain suddenly sees, you know, that he's trying to change and, and recognizes that in herself. Cause that's what her series was about was the character who changes and progresses and kind of starts off, you know, as we joked, like as a cover gag and becomes this really, um interesting and, and layered character and, and her recognizing that in in modoc i think was was a ton of fun so um yeah it, it led us on that path and it made you know it, it it made those characters obvious to choose from but there is a lot of pressure i'll tell you what the Gwenpool fans more intense than the iron man mm-hmm. fans uh the minute they they heard we were using her it was kind of like what are your intentions with my daughter like like what are you what are you gonna do with her do not mess this up because she's been written so perfectly you know she's only been in you know 30 odd issues of comics Mm -hmm. and they're all by these incredible writers who get her voice so there was a lot of pressure to not um you know to get it right not just write her as the female deadpool because it's not who she is Mm-hmm. and and make sure that we captured what the fans love about her so that one i felt the pressure with even more so than iron man because they hit b- before we even start talking about it publicly we you know and it just got announced we, we had gwenpool fans being like don't fuck this up <laughs> so we're like okay okay we're, we'll do our best we'll do our best That's they awesome, seem to man. be happy Thank i you. i can imagine Perfect. so man because i honestly i mean i just kind of brushed up on that third issue just a little bit uh not not too long ago at all um right before i went into the fourth issue and it, it was just reminded of how i don't know man it was so perfect it really was like there was never a point because i i don't know if i'm the the hardcore gwenpool fan that is coming at anybody's throats for something like that but i'm an appreciator for sure and i understand what her voice should be as, as far as what it's been so far and it was it was right there, man. You nailed it. Um, so, uh, what? At what point did uh did did you realize that comics would, was going to be you know a career move for you? Um, I, uh, yeah. I think I wanted it to be uh, since I was <laughs> like six or seven. I was drawing, and I wanted to be a comic artist for years. And I took you know a lot of art classes and and 
um, would make my own comics. And even my parents were super supportive and, and got me like the, the boards, the actual comic boards to draw oh, cool. on. And I really kind of pursued it probably into, you know, early high school. And I just, I think it's, it, you know, you can always get better. And I think I saw myself kind of being limited and like I could draw Spider-Man, but I didn't have the discipline to draw, you know, backgrounds of cars and perspective, you know, I just didn't mm. have that in me, but um, it has served me well, I think having an art background, yeah. uh, you know, becoming a writer and a showrunner um, in that I can kind of talk that language or even as a comic writer, you know, really being able to, to kind of understand Scott's thumbnails and, and, and being able to kind of talk in that language with him. So it's something I always, you know, use every day, but I just, I never obviously pursued it. Um, but I, I always wanted to write comics after that and um, really kind of read as many scripts as I could and, and, and books about the process. And um, I, I really lucked out that, you know, late in life, I've become friends with, with people like Jerry Duggan and, and some other comic writers who mm-hmm. gave me their scripts to read and gave me some great advice. And I was very conscious of the fact that how it looked, you know, we were two TV guys suddenly jumping into comics. And I've seen that go wrong when, when people don't do the research or learn the craft and they just go, oh, I'll just do what I do on TV, but I'll do it mm-hmm. in comics. I think you can sniff it out. It feels, if it doesn't feel right. And I wanted to make sure that we kind of completely changed the way we were writing and really were writing towards the medium and, and, and trying to make Scott look as good as possible. I think that's your job as a comic writer is like, take your ego out of it. And it's really the, the artist is the star. So how do you, um, you know, uh, how do you showcase them? And, and I loved that because TV is the opposite. It's, it's very much being writer and showrunner driven where you're, you're there for every part of the process and you're steering it. And it was really cool to kind of just work with Scott and, and, and build the scripts towards him and his strengths and, and, kind of step back and just let him be the star because he's incredible you know and, he, and he's a he's a star man i i know after reading that first issue there there was a i think it was just a full one full page spread when it was just modok just going fucking berserk for the first time and i i mean i threw the comic down and i got up i mean like it was <laughs> that's in the best way i mean i was yeah. it was like legitimately pumped up like that's what the fuck modok's supposed to do and that's i mean scott does that every single panel throughout all four issues man it's 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 incredible how did you get paired with scott like what i mean who yeah, was that a that Jordan? Was Jordan. Yeah, that was Jordan. Uh, you know, he had a few. He would talk to us about a few different artists, and and then he, you know, he really was excited about Scott. And I read, had been a fan of Scott's, and I remember his Drax series is awesome. And I was I was reading Cosmic Ghost Rider when he was telling us about Scott. I was like, that guy's amazing. Yeah, let's let's use him. And and it was like uh, a perfect relationship. He and I talked for hours, and and I have so much fun collaborating with him. And he just takes what you see in your head and and just pluses it and he 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 can't do boring like he will take two characters talking and make it the most dynamic angle and and Seriously. perspective it it's a real like he is to me too perfect for this because there's so much kirby in him and like that's mm-hmm. what we wanted to honor was jack kirby i mean i think that's that to me is is everything i love about Modoc and Scott is is able to channel that energy um, in a way that not a lot of people are doing these days, and it, so his stuff is so dynamic. So yeah, even that that splash page you're talking about, which I own, not to brag, but I had oh, to because nice, uh, <laughs> it blew me away when I saw it. Uh, he, you know, he added his own things. We had a few suggestions, but he again, he just he just builds until it becomes this this thing greater than you could ever imagine and, and when we saw that page we were like oh my god this is the page people are going to use whenever modok is referenced in comics from here on out <laughs> like, and uh, that's the one that's burned into my skull man it really is yeah. like that's that's the reference i use for sure when i want to show somebody modok that doesn't know modok i turn to what is it like page five or something like that and issue mm-hmm. oh it's not far in before he goes oh man it's yeah well what amazing. i wanted the, the, the idea also behind that page was I think there was people were nervous that we were just going to do our show, right. That we were just going to do like a funny 
comedic Modoc and just make fun of the character or something, which is not what we do on the show either, but that we were going to bring this more, you know, sitcom-y, jokey version in. And that's not who Modoc is in the comics. And, mm. you know, we wanted to, to write that version. So we were like, let's do a page where it's like he is a mental you know, organism designed only for killing. Let's show you that. Like, let, like, Modoc can be a badass when he needs to be, and he's good at it. And um, that was kind of the design of that page. And I mean that fight, even though, you know, Monica obviously holds her own and, and pretty much almost wins. Uh, you know, Modoc is lethal and deadly. Mm-hmm. And he's just, even in the background, he's always just smashing an image <laughs> into something <laughs> or buzzsawing someone. And we told Scott, like, there should always be background deaths happening, even though they're not, he's not even paying attention to those. His, his like, mechanical arms are handling yeah. those guys while he's focused on Monica. Yep. And um, I think that really comes, comes you know, comes forth in the comic that that he is this badass. And, and we want to just show that he can be funny at times and he can be serious and menacing. And, like, all these different facets of MODOK make up what I love about the character. Yeah, I mean, so many people look at him as, you know, one dimensional and he's so layered, it's ridiculous. You know, I, I've, I, I've been saying for a long time, he's the, one of the most underappreciated characters in the Marvel Universe, just all together. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he uh, man, I, I, I really am. I'm so excited that we're actually talking about a MODOK comic right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Um, so I have to ask, you know, why MODOK? You know, why Modoc for you? You're getting into comics. You, you, I mean, uh, whose idea was it to do Modoc? Was it a patent thing? I mean, what, what, what's, what's, why Modoc? Um, well, I, like I said, I, I'm a huge fan of that Mark Grunewald Captain America run. And I remember reading those with the Serpent Society as a kid and just being fascinated by that design and who this character was. And he was going around screaming and mind blasting everyone. And, um, you know, so I obviously went back and found some of the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby stuff. And that design is so striking. Like, it's one of those things, like, I, the word comic booky used to be kind of a, in some circles, I would say, like a negative. But I find yeah. that to be like the most positive. If you want to sell me on something, tell me it's comic booky and I'm in. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's taking something absurd and big and larger than life and kind of, still grounding it but letting it be what it is i think that's what i love about comics i think we're there now with with comics media too whereas like thor ragnarok is a comic booky movie mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy is a comic booky movie you know leaning into the insanity of of comics but 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 celebrating it and to me modok is one of those things that like is what I love about comics. I, I remember the Iron Man show in the 90s coming out. I bought his toy and I, I just loved it. It was so weird. I always liked the, the, the Marvel oddities, like the, the stranger things in the Marvel universe. Um, you know, there's deep Marvel handbook cuts. Uh, uh, I love that. And I've always been drawn to that. So when I met with, with Marvel and they were, they had a few characters they wanted us to look at. I, you know, Pat and I were like, what about MODOK? And you know, they, they got it right away because we were kind of like, you know, he's such a fascinating character. He's in the comics, he's, he's sometimes very arched, you know, he's very, he's got this tunnel vision. He's got to take over the world and kill the Avengers. And, and um, but, you know, what, what happens to that guy when he leaves that Captain America panel? Like, where does he go? Does he go home? And it kind of led us mm-hmm. to creating this family around him. And, and then also, you know, running AIM, like, what is that like? It's, it's got to be this like insane bureaucracy. And it, it's not all fun. Like this, this, this organization has to, has to run and operate and that there's got to be some of the, like this mundane nonsense that MODOK has to do. And so it's kind of like these scenes of, of MODOK or behind the scenes scenes of MODOK that we never get to see. I found fascinating. Like how does this guy live and operate and function in the world? And it kind of, from there, we just, we built the show out around him. And then it was really fun to kind of find the humanity and, you know, that MODOK's ego is his undoing and it's why he fails. And Mm. the idea of a guy who's trying to kind of balance work life and home life and taking over the world and and having a family, uh, you know, what, what is that like? And, and, and does this guy believe he can have it all? And I think that was kind of an interesting thing is, is, is it possible to have it all? And Modoc would absolutely believe so. So that was kind of the genesis of the, of the show. That's amazing, man. So when you go to Marvel, um, does, does Marvel call you or you and Patton are going, let's do something comic booky? Uh, how, how did that work? 
Uh, so Patton and I had done a pilot, which actually was, was superhero-ish. It was an original one at Fox. So that's how we met. And also we see each other at the comic store all the time. And we always okay. wanted to do something else. So the Is same. Golden Apple? Golden Apple, yeah. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Right on, man. Love it. We're going to be doing another big MODOK event there uh, soon. We're really excited about. But uh, That's awesome. Um, so we see each other there all the time. And, and uh, the same exec who worked on the pilot we did uh, went to Marvel and, you know, we got, we got to meet, we got to talk. So we went and, and met with him and, you know, like I said, he had some projects for us, but uh, the thing of the beauty of pitching Marvel is they know these characters. So when you say yeah. Modoc, they're like, Oh yeah, absolutely. We get it. Totally. There was no like selling them on it because they knew who he was and, and the potential the character had. That's, oh, that's so cool, man. Um, so did you have the idea for the, the, the comic or the, the, the series first? Um, so the series came first and okay. by the time we had wrapped up at least the writer's room, we started production. Marvel came to us to, to do the comic awesome. and, you know, we said to them, like, we don't want to do an adaptation of our show like that. We just wrote that for 10 episodes. We love it, but we want to, we want to write 616 Marvel comics, Jack Kirby, Stanley, Modoc. And I said, great, you know, pitch us a story. So we started talking about the similarities and differences between our adaptation on the show and who this guy was in the comics and it kind of led us to this like metatextual story of like trying to reconcile these different versions and the fact that modok has been a lot of different things in the comics you know there's there's been more comedic versions like in gwenpool and there's been more serious versions in, in the avengers and iron man and and such and even the video game that just came out is like a very dark gritty you know version That's what of, i hear of yeah Modoc. and and the beauty is and i've said this a lot it's like batman like there's not a wrong version if you get the essence of the character right he can be on that marvel uh what was that show uh, superhero squad where he's like a goofy sidekick or the way he was on iron man or he can be again this menacing villain but if if the essence is there it all works so um, let's explore that. Like, what if the Marvel Comics Modoc started to remember, have memories that were kind of closer to our show? And that would drive him insane because that Modoc doesn't want a family. He's mm -hmm. hell bent on taking over the world. And, and he'd feel like people were tampering with him because he's a supercomputer and he'd have to kind of go explore, you know, where this is coming from and who's doing this to him. And it would lead to a really cool mystery. So it let us kind of play with a few ideas from the show without trying to like, shoehorn them in it, 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 building the mystery around it we felt was really fun and it gave us a chance like i said to kind of go through modok's history and explore that and have tony pop up and gwenpool and and a and the history of aim and explore his origins which have kind of been played with here and there i love the the fred van lenti um modok's 11 comic is is such a great comic um and really sets up the, the monica modok relationship so you know, we wanted to kind of play with things from that and, and uh, just flesh the character out and, and, and give him a little more and try and find the human angle in, you know, that you, if we can get you to care about MODOK and invest in MODOK, then we've, we've done it. Like that's the magic trick, hopefully, of, of the series is that the comics have never really asked you to do that. So can we, can we get you there? So that was the challenge we gave ourselves and hopefully we, we, we pulled it off, but we had a blast. And some of it was stories that we were going to do on the show that we never got around to, like having him go to a super villain convention, tech, so tech cool. convention in Vegas. <laughs> like that was something like we kicked around doing, but we just, you know, ran out of episodes. So it was like, Oh, we can do that, but we can do it more like a, you know, fun Marvel adventure and play it that way. So um, it was a blast. And, and we got to do like little nods to the series. I think if you read issue two, that convention, there's all almost all the characters who appear in, in MODOK pop up in the series the tv show appear in that issue there's a lot of clues of who oh, will be cool. coming up in the season you know we got to we got to work the family in but in a way that i don't think people were expecting you know that makes sense with with modok and and um yeah and, and get to play with people like tony and stuff like we're also going to be main characters in the in the modok show man that, that's exciting because um i mean you talk about getting invested into the, the character and everything when i saw this modok family potentially pop up i was like there's more of them like i, I want to know more of mental organisms designed only for killing like i, I want to see this whole thing and then i mean without spoiling anything the way it all kind of wraps up is like oh shit 
So, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything more to that or if it's going to go any further, but it's just kind of, you know, I mean, I feel uh, like we can spoil it. The comic's been out for a while. We yeah. Can, yeah. We, we can, can fucking talk, spoil right? it. Yeah. We can fucking spoil yeah. it. So, I mean, to, to know that it was all just kind of like a, a part of his imagination, like his programming, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't real essentially all along, you know, what was it like? Uh, 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 not as uh, the founder is that his um, yeah that's his yeah the founder yeah. is his dad yeah yeah man to, to know so he that made that a was program a, yeah yeah so he, he made this program it was j0d1e that was designed to just kind of like when modok powers down at night it just kind of it just it just kind of puts him to sleep and soothes him so his subconscious because he was betrayed by his father filled in this this program and built this world in the suburbs with the family and we thought that would be a really cool way to bring in to do our version of the family in in the 616 to make sense that this was just a code you know jody was jo zero d1e and um and you think that it's something the whole time modok is trying to get rid of this thing and figure out why this is happening to him but then when he gets the choice to he kind of you know decides to keep them in a in a very modoc way he takes all the memories of each person and kind of funnels them into these super adaptoids using this tech his dad invented to wipe him clean and he has built a twisted weird version of the family that look like them are very loving to him are very much the personalities but they're also of course death machines that he can use to take back aim so we thought that would be a really fun way to keep the family going. Obviously, we're very inspired by the Vision series. I think did a really cool job of that. And and it was a way that we weren't just like, oh, yeah, Modoc's always had a family in the suburbs, just like our show, where people would be like, that doesn't make sense. We're like, yeah, we agree with you. But this, I think, does. And I would love, I'm hoping other writers pick up this, where you see Modoc and his family as this like very terrifying <laughs> unit uh, trying to take over the Marvel universe. Like, I, I hope other writers use them. I I would love to see it, man. I I really would because I I'm I I'm invested in them now. I really am. Like these are new characters in the Marvel universe to me. You know, I I I enjoyed every moment, even like the little flashes. You know, I I st- I, I felt like their personality, even though, like I said, they were just computer programs. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's all written and drawn so well. I, I I want more of this, and to know that I'm gonna get some other version of it in the in the stop motion series has me so damn excited man so excited yeah, you can follow them into the into the series because they're, they're featured heavily in that and uh you know uh, obviously much more in our satirical tone of, of the show but um it's it they're they're really fun characters i i really especially melissa i really hope takes off i would love to see cosplayers as a little yeah. teenage modok uh because i'm i'm such a fan of her i love the idea like in the show um she is this like queen bee of her she's like a successful modok you know and like okay. she runs her high school you know everyone wants to date her everyone wants to be her and no one even brings up the fact that she's a giant floating head like she is the cool girl of her school and i, I it's such a fun character to write so oh. i'm hoping that character takes off that's awesome i mean it's got to be fun actually like developing and creating brand new characters and the marvel universe you know the universe that you've you, you've grown up with i mean you, you you could say that you know you you've created a character and i mean if anything an entire family now uh, uh so much potential i mean honestly i think i think that since uh since this book has come out like i've seen a resurgence of modok fans come out like out, out under the rocks like oh there's there's still more <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't given up on them yet and uh, you know, I, and I realize that you know it's it's good. It's not just there. It's it's really really good too. And it, it at the same, it, it furthers Modok even more. Like we 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 get to know more about an origin. You know, I think this is probably. I don't know. I, I feel like this is a really definitive origin story as far as what we've got to know about him so far. You know, um, with the with the uh, I can never uh, the founder. I, yeah, yeah, the founder. I mean, I. Oh we- man, it's. Go ahead. Yeah, we we were, you know, for us, um, we didn't want to undo anything. We wanted to add to what was already there because uh, I love Modoc's origin, and we felt like we could just make it even more tragic. Because he is, he's a he's a monster. He's like a classic monster movie character in the Marvel universe. And I also, um, you know, I thought AIM has never had that much of a back. Like they were possibly a splinter from Hydra, and I think everyone just wanted to move away from 
from the hydra of it all and make aim its own thing so uh you know our retcon was just that you know it was it was created by these scientists specifically the founder and then they create something that you know a, a frankenstein monster that they can't control and he takes over and they're in hiding and they're all in this small little ohio town fighting their time trying to figure out how to gain control of this this weapon and finally they see an opening when he gets damaged and he's getting these memories and they can steer him back and try and wipe him clean and it was really fun to to kind of flesh that out a little more and again just add you know some layers of of tragedy of the character and, and explain maybe why he dreamt this family up it's that his was terrible and turned him into a monster and and that you know even though he would never admit it to himself deep down he's driven by this need for family or acceptance and maybe that's why he wants to take over the world is that he thought that the only way he'd ever get that uh is to conquer it but you know now he has a shot at a at a family you know, that can turn into weapons and help him uh murder his way through the marvel universe I love it, man. You really have me excited for the, uh, the the future of this character in comics. I, I feel like there's going to be other creators out there that are excited to to kind of pick up where you left off on this and, you know, just write more of this family. And, you know, I don't know. I, I really think that people at this point in time have realized that he's not just a, I don't know, a goof off character. I think between, with what you and Patton and Scott have done, Scott's badass splash pages of just murder and destruction <laughs> it's it, it, it shows the capabilities of this character and i i think thanks to you one of my favorite characters might actually be taken seriously for a change like i would i i would love to see this guy actually brought into the real mcu you know like all me too oh man could you imagine i, I want Patton to play him there too i think that, that just, just keep Patton on board um yeah, I think that what you're touching on is is what makes the Marvel Universe work, which is that every character has the potential to be something, to, to be the star of their own mm -hmm. thing. Like, I mean, who would have thought Rocket Raccoon or Groot, you know, would be the two two of the biggest characters in the world? And I think it's like with the right creator who who connects with it, and we, we connected with MODOK on so many levels that you can tap into that and showcase that character and be like, look, they have a story and it's worth telling. And um, there's something unique about them that makes them an interesting part of the Marvel universe. And I think you're seeing that more and more, you know, like with, with they're, they're diving deep into, into the catalog and finding these fantastic characters and each one has the potential to be something huge. So I'm, I'm so grateful that we got to do that with MODOK, who's always been one of my favorites. Yeah. Well, we're, we're grateful as fans, man. I speak for all of us, I'm sure. It's it, I'm so glad all of this happened. Um, uh, you know, one thing that's always fascinated me was when people uh, team up as writers on a comic. Um, I, I, To me, writing a comic in itself is just, I can't, I, I know how hard it is. But to have two creative minds, um, uh, I mean, what, what's the back and forth with, with you and Patton writing that? I mean, who's actually the one giving the, the the script to Scott or I mean I, I just got to know how this process works between when creators like yourselves on the caliber that you're on that you're you're at yeah well I mean Patton and I came out of, of writing this the show so it was really easy he's, he's such a great collaborator and it was a really easy process to kind of apply that to to the book and we would basically meet up and and kind of pitch out almost beat for beat what the the comic would be and and oh, cool. start to outline it and then um, we would break up scenes sometimes. Sometimes we would write them together. Uh, you know, pre pre Corona, we were hmm. you know writing uh, side by side, and then this time we were just kind of trading scenes back and forth, and you know, doing passes on each other's scenes, and and then um, you know, sending that to to uh, Scott and, and kind of walking through the issue with him and answering his questions and stuff, and and giving him any thoughts we had on on his roughs and which were almost like my thought is this is awesome keep going uh but um uh yeah it's it's just it was it's so amazing right when you're writing modok and literally the voice of modok is right there and he's just that, pitching that's gotta help quite a bit as modok you're like yep that sounds right <laughs> let's put that in the book that sounds great 
that, yeah, that, that's I, I guess I didn't really think of it like that. But uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the reason I bring this up is because a lot of times when I see, you know, a double duty on writing, I could kind of tell like, oh, so-and-so's wrote, wrote this page or so-and-so did this page. You know, he's just each writer has their voice, but together, like both your voices were so in tune. Like I, 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 there's no way I would have been able to tell who had up which page. That's, that's why I asked. Like it's, it's so seamless. It's ridiculous. We had the benefit of also, you know, writing the character coming into this, having just spent all the time living in his head and, and writing him in the show. So it, you know, a lot of times I feel like when you take on a writing assignment, part of it is like learning the character, getting their voice, you know, kind of inhabiting their mind, but we were already living in it. So it was a very easy thing to jump from MODOK to MODOK and be like, yeah, we know who this guy is and what drives him and what he wants, you know? And, and I think it made, you know, the way we wrote him uh, seem seamless between writer because we both had, had nailed it hopefully, you know, previously on, on the show and, knew how he talked and, and how to write him. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, one more thing. Uh, I, I have to know, you know, if it, if it wasn't MODOK, you're, you, you were given a list of characters. If it wasn't MODOK, who was next up on the list? See, I would love to, I'd love to reboot Alpha Flight, even though I'm not Canadian. I don't know if that's uh Blasphemy. No one's, um, one's going to be I mad will. at you for that, man. Alpha Flight okay. needs to come back. I need I Puck Flight. in my life, dude. I, I need Puck. There's no, There hasn't been Puck in way too long. I need Puck. No, he's in, are you reading Hulk? He's in Hulk. Oh, I, you know, yeah, you're right. He's he's Gamma Flight now. You're absolutely yeah, right. Which I'm very excited for. Um, And then, I, you know, as much as I would say, oh, give me X-Men, I almost prefer more the, the B-list, uh, lesser known, like, new mutants x-factor characters okay so i would love to do something along those lines of like i like i'm loving hellions i think something in that vein uh where you take a few characters who maybe don't have as many definitive runs on them and you get to kind of build them out because i always liked like peter david's x-factor i grew up loving and and new mutants is one of my all-time favorite books that i go back to and and I kind of love those more obscure, you know, Jamie Madrox kind of mutants. Or mm. I just did a podcast. We talked about skids for three hours. Uh, <laughs> and I love that. I could easily talk about skids for three hours. because I love those, those characters that have, you know, are, are from these, these runs that you love, but maybe they haven't gotten as much attention as, you know, Wolverine or Cyclops, but they have the potential to be these, these incredible uh, X-Men. So I would love to take a crack at some of those, those characters. I, I I'd like to see you write Mr. Sinister. I could see I I I could see you writing a lot of Sinister, Mr. Sinister. That'd be a lot Sinister. of fun in Hell. Oh, no, dude, he's well. You get to see us write a little Mr. Sinister in uh, the Modoc show. He'll be he'll pop up in that. So. Oh shit, that's exciting, man! I don't have we ever seen Mr. Sinister on screen beyond the uh, X Men '90s cartoon? I don't. I don't think so. It's been a uh, minute, so uh, you'll get you'll get your your fill of Mr. Sinister on uh, on Marvel's man. Modoc. This series is going to blow so many minds, man. I know it is. Uh, uh, Just knowing all of these characters are going to pop up and knowing after reading the comic, knowing the the love that you put into this, I I can only imagine the love that you put into something that Hulu is paying you for. I mean, it's yeah i've said this a thousand times now but as a modok fan i'm legitimately pumped man like what what you and Patton and scott are all doing it's it's absolutely incredible uh do you have plans to 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 get back together and write comics again yeah uh we're we're kicking around some some ideas right now and 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 i have a few other kind of pitches in and we're, we're, you know, my goal, I would write comics till the day I die. It's the most fun mm-hmm. I ever had doing anything. That's and so, cool. um, so I'm working on a few things and we're, we're talking to some editors and stuff. So we'll see nothing, nothing definitive that we can announce yet, but it is something all of us want. We, we absolutely all want to work together again and we are kicking around some, some ideas. So hopefully soon we can talk about it. That, that's that's all i can't wait to talk about that man uh, but in the meantime i'm i'm gonna really really enjoy what you've given me with modok uh the, this this head games title is phenomenal I, I recommend it to everybody and i can honestly say that i, I mean i i read a lot of comics man i really do um 
this is I can't think of a mini series that Marvel's put out where I had as much fun and look forward to reading every month as much as this one. I oh, mean, it, thank you. I, 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 I mean, my my listeners will tell you I I read a shit ton of comics, man. So I, this every week it's a Modoc week. You know, it's that's that's what it was to me. If Modoc was coming out, it's Modoc week. So uh, it's good times, man. Uh, I I'm. I'm excited. Well, I'm going to keep saying it because I mean it. I, I'm just so excited for this character. Um, well, the book and the show are love letters to comics, both of them, you know, and, and they're made by comic fans. And it's us saying, shows. like, this is what we love about this world and, and our history with it. So hopefully people connect with it. It definitely shows, man. It shows that it's made by comic book lovers. I mean, everybody knows that Patton loves comics, but now we all know that Jordan loves comics just as much. Man. <laughs> like this is this. It, it, it wrote it in stone. I mean, there, there's you can't deny that. There's no way you could look at this and go, uh, eh, he, he should read a couple more comics and he'll get it. Like that's that's never going to be a thing. I mean, it, it, it's very clear that this is what you were meant to do, man. I, I know that you're well, thank uh, you. in, in the film industry, but we I want to see your name on more comic books in the future. It doesn't even have to be with Patton. You know, I have faith that you could do this, man. I really do. I mean, this is, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> oh man, I, I would love to see jordan on a fucking hellions title man i i I, i'd buy it in a heartbeat i would i it's just because i know how much you love this industry especially after talking to you personally man i i you don't understand the amount of respect i have for people like yourself uh it's it's it runs deep dude (laughs) it really does thanks man well i mean comics are my first love and and i think one of the cool things about the show is we're the first marvel show or movie that to have ads for the comics at the end of the um the episode so i heard about that so we're really excited to just kind of drive more traffic or people who are interested in in the characters back to the comics because that's where i always send people anyway when they're like oh what i love this character what you know i like u.s agent what should i read uh go read that that grunwald run or you know i love uh uh rocket and groot and it's like oh you got to read this you know this this run uh so you're actually going to be suggesting the back issues uh or they're going to be promoting our show but this was all by the way came from marvel not even us so we're not just telling you to buy our comic (laughs) that's what the show is but we will be doing um we're going to be doing like playlists i believe uh discussing like what comics influenced each episode uh okay. as as we progress so they'll, they'll be putting those out so they'll be like oh did you like episode four here's all the things we pulled from go read go seek these things out on marvel unlimited or, or in the back issue bin so uh you, you don't understand yeah. what that means to me i, I i've I, i'm a comics first type of person you know I, I when i go to conventions i don't go towards the celebrity i mean i, I go towards artists i'm the out. same yeah. uh, artists out, like that's where the fuck i go i i i like the people that create the mediums um for you and never never do has any of the marvel things sure i mean yeah they, they advertise that they're comics i guess but never have they said go back and if you like this go read this i've never mm-hmm. seen any mcu anything say go read this it's got to be an yeah. easter egg or something it's never in your face so for you guys to actually come out and even i mean like you said it's not just you uh it was it was a marvel move but for them to actually start coming out and start promoting the comic books as the medium yeah. that means so much to me like i might actually start going into the 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 other parts of the conventions now just knowing <laughs> that well uh, start putting spinner racks outside movie theaters so that thank you immediately. i don't understand i never understood that but uh you know yeah i think to me yeah it's comics first and everything else is second even as someone who has a television show that's still how i feel is that like none of this exists without the comics and um that's where it is in its most pure form and i love that we have all this marvel media and i love that i can buy the action figures and play the video games and watch the shows and see the movies but like to me nothing beats holding that floppy and and reading through it i'm there with you dude like i'm I'm there with you man i i (laughs) I love this shit i i really do i'm uh uh, i i keep my modoc close Oh man, and I, I know that you said you were like a fan of the Baby X Men. I love. Did you? I mean, I'm sure that you 
got the Scotty. I was so excited. Oh, we saw that the variants, all the variants were incredible. And then, you know, uh, the, the actual covers too, uh, were, were insane. We were so lucky with everyone that we got involved in this. Uh, Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. I geeked out. I'm a a blue beetle fan. So you created, you know, Jaime Ray, like this, this is nuts mm-hmm. uh so it was yeah every step of the way i i geeked out uh there was never even like when we'd get like an editor's box pop up you know like an editor <laughs> note like that to me was like oh this is part of the thing you know I'm doing oh man it. so i loved every moment uh, and you, you killed it with the editor's boxes too and that that third issue with gwenpool like the way you over exaggerated all of those ah uh, I'm, I'm telling you, like the, you, I know that you tried to make you know a Modok a more serious, relatable character, but you still made sure that this dude made people laugh. Like I, I mean, even not even necessarily him, but his books, yeah. you know, whether it was mm-hmm. Tony or it was Gwen or whoever it could be. I mean, uh, oh sh- yeah, what's his name? The 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 purple Nazi fucker. Um, uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, uh, hate, monger. yeah. hate monger. Yes, like the headbutt with hate monger. I laughed so goddamn. I, what, what, I, he said, he even called. He's like stupid Nazi or some shit. Like or like shut the he shut up Nazi. Fuck off Nazi. Yeah. Fuck off Nazi. That's what it was. <laughs> so, he, oh. Yeah, I yeah. I think our rule for the you know obviously we make him a lot funnier in the in the show, but our rule was for the comic, he is not a funny character. It is the world around him and how they react to Moda. Mm-hmm. that is funny i think like you don't play monk doesn't make jokes modok sees himself very seriously and he speaks very seriously but if the rest of the world reacts to him and we're like this is insane <laughs> this yeah. is crazy you know <laughs> and i think that was kind of our, our rule for, for writing the comic it was like don't give him funny dialogue the dialogue the humor comes out of the situation of him being in it versus him cracking jokes I hope other creators are listening to that rule because I think it's a, a solid rule for Modoc for sure. I think it it just I don't know. It, it gave him what he needed to, to be taken seriously. It really did. Um man, Jordan, I, I don't know how much more time of yours I could take up, but I do know that I've had an incredible time chatting uh, about Modoc with you, man. Um I what what is there anything else about the uh the Hulu series that you wanna you wanna shout out? Uh, I mean, May 21st, they all come out then. And then if you're international, uh, it's going to be coming out on uh, Disney Star uh, or Disney Plus Star uh, uh, in Europe and Canada and Australia and I think some other places, Asia, I believe, as well. So um, you'll be able to see it, except those are one a week, I believe. Uh, But Hulu, they'll all come out at once. And no, I mean, this was honestly, like, I love talking about the show, but like I said, like uh, to me, getting to just geek out about comics is the best. So I, I had a blast just focusing on head game, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm glad you did. I was worried because I'm like, man, I really just want to talk about the comics. Like, I, I'm so excited about the show, but I want to talk about the thing that I've already consumed that I'm extremely excited about. No, this so is I was perfect. Hoping. Oh, perfect. man, I'm it. glad to hear that. Uh, Jordan, the next time you have a book out, I'm going to be uh, I'm probably going to be harassing you again because I'm sure I'm going to love it uh you, you you're on my radar now dude i i i'm so excited for not just what you've done with modok but what you're doing for comics in general you know you're you uh you, you're bringing a, an entirely new audience in and uh, as somebody that you know i mean my audience is the comic book audience i i'm extremely fucking grateful for it so really thank you for everything i'm uh i'm so pumped on comics going forward now because of little old Modoc, you know? I mean, who would have thought that Modoc would be my favorite fucking four issue miniseries of the year? Like, oh, I mean, I guess I awesome. knew that, but uh, again, yeah. thank you for, for everything you said and also for having me on to talk about this. Was, this was a blast and I'm grateful for, for the chance to talk Modoc. So thank you. Of course. Anytime, brother. You stay safe out there, man. Don't stop creating comics, dude. I want to see more comics with your name on them, Jordan. Um, uh, well, we'll, I have a film. We'll, we'll be in touch. You talk soon, brother. I'm trying. Thanks, man. Talk soon. Yes, sir. I'm Harrison. And I'm Jordan. And, and we're, we're the Grief Radio Podcast. Podcast. Do you want to listen to the number one gaming podcast on Podchaser? Of, of course, course you, you do. do. Wait, wait. Is that us? Did you check that? There's comedy, gaming, and movies. Join us every Wednesday on the Grief Burrito Podcast. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
was, no, I'd panic. That was, that was Episode 319 in the books. Another creator has been cornered by the name of Jordan Blum. Dude, isn't it cool when Hollywood people are like super nice and junk? You know? <laughs> I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, I mean, everything on Twitter seemed super nice. Turns out, talking to him, somehow, even nicer. Dug the hell out of old Jordan here, man. I can't wait to see more. I can't wait to see what he does more in the comic book industry. It sounds like he's got his eyes on some stuff. I want to see him do Hellions, damn it. Um, alright. Alright, that's it. Remember, leave those five-star reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. And while you're over at Podchaser.com, follow the hashtag the Apocalypse list for all of the best, uh, well, podcasts ever. Period. That's it. Just know that. And you don't have to dig hard once you're in Podchaser. Just click on list and just, like, kind of slightly look over to the right a little bit. If you could see what I was doing with my eyes right now, you'd, you'd probably think I was having a fucking stroke. Um, but, yeah, it's just right there. Right there, towards the top, if not at the top. Um, could be by now. Haven't checked in a couple of days. It's like that, people. Uh, all right. All right. Um, yeah. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. I do appreciate you. I command that you... Uh, you stay safe, and you read responsibly. Cheers, you fuckers. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone. I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Good morning. Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle. I'm here to let you know that you are not alone, so come laugh at uh, our pain together every single weekday, every place you can catch a podcast. I got the real brains with Brian Wayne. Remember, stay sane.